Holy Spirit. We should be led by the Holy Spirit. Let's pick back up at verse 5. We'll go through 15. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. Then they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Look, are not all these who, who speak Galileans? And how is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? Parthians and Medes, Elamites, those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya adjoining Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, whatever could this mean? <laughs> Others mocking said, they're full of new wine. But Peter, <laughs> standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to the men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk, as you suppose, since it's only the third hour of the day. Now, <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you laughed at that, because I did too. Uh, can you imagine that's your defense for not being drunk? <laughs> it's only 9 a.m. <laughs> Men of Galilee, <laughs> everyone who's listening, these guys are not drunk. It's too early. <laughs> It's too early. I love that. It's hilarious. Listen, something miraculous happens here. Something incredible is taking place here. The gospel is being understood in multiple languages. What? The subject itself of speaking in tongues can be quite interesting and can be quite confusing. And, in fact, it's one of those things that as you think about that, uh, I, I want to be brief because my focus is to stick with the context of Acts chapter 2. However, uh, I also want to, to address a little bit while we're here and camp out just for a moment because I think it's important that we understand the concept here. Now, I, I, you know, some of you know my background. I grew up in a Baptist church. I had Baptist training in my uh, seminary. But I will say this, I'm not your typical Baptist in a lot of different ways. And one is I'm not a typical Baptist when it comes to the concept of speaking in tongues. And what do I mean by that? Um, the typical view, the typical Baptist view of speaking in tongues is called cessationism. What in the world does that mean? It just means that they typically would say, oh, those, those gifts have ceased. The cessationist, a cessationist would say, those things no longer exist. They're not around. They have, they have stopped to occur. They no longer occur. I'm not quite there. I'm not quite ready to say that it doesn't exist. Uh, simply put, those who are cessationists 
I uh, believe it no longer exists, but I believe that it does. However, I'm not in, that's, so that's one camp, cessationist. I'm not over here either. This camp is the, what you would call the charismatic movement. The charismatic movement is such that you have to have the gift of speaking in tongues as proof that you're saved. You know, so where do I find myself? Well, I'm, I'm you know, I'm like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not here, I'm not there, I'm not welcome in this camp, I'm not welcome in this camp, so where am I? Um, I am in the camp that speaking in tongues is the least among the gifts. Well, I mean by that. I mean a couple of things. One is, I think it's the least given, according to scriptures, that it's, and that it's least in priority. The Apostle Paul even tells us that. The Apostle Paul says, though I may speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but yet have not love, I become a sounding brass. What's he saying? Well, he's done a couple of things for us. He's told us that it's not the highest priority. The highest priority is that we love one another. That's highest priority. So speaking in tongues is then what? He's dropped it on its priority list to being, you know, hey, it's not the highest in priority. It's, in fact, I'm going to say that it's one of the least. But then he also did something else. He said, though I may speak with tongues of men and tongues of angels. He put us in two camps. He, he says that there's two different types. There's a tongue that is a tongue that's a dialect. It's speaking in tongues of men. But then there is also a tongue that's speaking a spiritual language, a tongue of angels. So he's, he's given us that in, in 1 Corinthians 13, tongues of men, tongues of angels. But here's the thing. Um, even though I'm not a cessationist, and even though I'm not a, uh, on the charismatic end, and I'm somewhere in between, uh, I have had on occasion opportunity to experience and to see some of these things. And that's why, that's why I'm not easily in this camp and not in this camp. I've seen some that are, how do you, how do you put it nicely, fabricated? You know, it's the, the, the church that, that speaks in tongues, it's the untie my bow tie, who stole my Honda? Uh, what do they say? Did he just say that he needed to untie his bow tie? What? Uh, I, yeah, it doesn't make sense, right? Untie my bow tie, who stole my Honda? Uh, they got speaking in tongues. All right, so here's the thing. I'm not in that camp. Then you got an interesting thing. I actually discovered by accident one of my spiritual gifts. How is that? Well, this is, this is kind of interesting. I'll be brief. Um, there were five of us in a counseling session uh, where I was, I was the lead pastor. I'm leading a counseling session. And I'd asked some others to be there and help pray. Five of us total. And I'm counseling someone, and I, and I said some things. And then the lady that I'm counseling responded. And then after the counseling session seemed to be a, seemed, it, 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 was a, it was a unique counseling session, I will say for sure. But afterwards, Cheryl and I were talking, and the others, two others were talking. And Cheryl asked me a question. She said, what did you think? Or what was going through your mind when she started speaking in tongues? And I looked at Cheryl, and I said, what do you mean? And she said, you know, you said this, 
And then she started speaking in gibberish. And she just, she just was like, you, and I was like, oh, she doesn't speak in gibberish. She said this. And then there were two other people. There were five of us in the room. The other two were still there, and we were discussing this. One of them said, no, it was clearly gibberish. Said, I heard the same thing Cheryl did. She was, she was speaking some unknown language. And I said, no, here's what she said. And then I shared what she said. And then the other guy that was in the room said, yeah, that's what she said. I heard that. And then the other person was saying, no. So two, two in the room were going, we heard something that didn't make any sense. Two of us in the room heard something that we didn't think twice about. Because it was just, she was just sharing. So I walked away, and Cheryl and I said, hmm, I have the gift of interpretation of tongues. Only I'm in Baptist circles, so I didn't know it. And I had no clue, right? But, so I, here's, here, how often does that happen in Baptist circles? Very seldom, right? So therefore, we don't necessarily, because we're not in the environments to see those things, sometimes we're quick to be in this camp of, hey, it must not exist. As a, and, then, and then you got the other extreme of everybody's got the gift. It's the untie my bow tie who stole my honor. So, where are we at? For me, I'm somewhere in between. I think that the gift exists, but I think it's low on the priority. It has to be, something else is going on. So, what do we do with that? It's clear that the tongues of men are at use here in Acts chapter 2. It's not the tongues of angels. Why do I say that? The Greek word is dialectos, as in dialects. People are hearing a particular language, a language that specifically belongs to men. The context is super clear, that they are hearing in their own language. These men are hearing the message of the gospel in their own native language from Galilean people who have never learned that language. That's supernatural. That's something unusual. That's something that we can't just simply explain. Why did this happen? Because God is preparing to send thousands of people back to their homelands with the gospel in their native language. How incredible is that? That's God's plan. That's God's purpose. So how should we think about this? I want us to focus less about the method what is the method? Speaking in tongues. And I want us to concern ourselves more with the command. What is the command? Let people know about the gospel of Jesus. If we focus on the command and, we, and, and not the gift, if we focus on the command and not the gift, hear me on this, then we're actually being led by the Spirit. If all you're concerned about is that gift, all, you know, speaking in tongues, speaking in tongues, speaking in tongues, that's not evidence of being led by the Spirit. Being led by the Spirit is you're obedient to the command, not use of a particular gift. The command is more important than the use of a particular gift. So we focus then on the command. When we start focusing on the gift, we've gotten off track. We start focusing on the gift and the method of how God chooses to get the gospel out, and we focus on those things, we're missing the point. So how do we be 
How do we make sure that we're led by the Spirit? We submit control to Him, and we're simply obedient to living out the Great Commission. And then, if He chooses to do so in a miraculous way, then that's up to God. But our focus is not to try and choose the method. Our focus is to obey the command. That's our focus. That's what we should be concerned with. 